Oh, hey, Eric, head of Minnesota United PR. Oh, hey, Jeff, writer for The Athletic. Nice. Nailed the sketch intro, bro. Nux, bro. Nux. So, Jeff, I uh, wanted to give you a heads up that the team has a new slogan for this year's offseason. Oh, yeah, for the offseason? Yeah. The uh, the Sage campaign, it was such a huge hit. We thought we'd do another one. Oh, man, that's cool, man. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a really clean, fun slogan. Really fits this team and, more importantly, the fan base. It says a lot in just a few words. We can't wait to reveal it. Okay, come on. You got to spill the beans. What's the slogan? Uh, all right. I mean, okay. It, it's it's called Shut Up, Idiots. And it's posted with that little emoji gun. Wait. Isn't, isn't that a little confrontational? What? No. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that old semi-sonic song, you know, that local band and, and all that. Oh, uh, like like atmosphere would say. Sh- okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, let, let's 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 give it a listen. specific uh, yeah, yeah I, I think i see the problem now <coughs> welcome to we call it soccer a podcast by two united fans i'm colin i'm sasha and i'm not this week the courage and the red stars enter the nwsl final Minnesota United crash out of the MLS playoffs, and we finally answer the question of whether the championship is a game or if it's a league. Hint, it's both. Feel 
Caleb's sick this week, uh, but he, last week he brought us this these delicious pumpkin and chocolate chip. What they brownies? You'd call them muffins, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, they were muffins. They were muffins. That's what they they would be. Uh, sorry, missed art call. Uh, but um, hey, I mean, I saw a Slater kidney. There you go. Now, this is the season of pumpkin fall, and I wanted to ask you guys. If there was a season based around your life, what would the main flavor of that season be? Can you make a flavor of spite? Because that's what mine would be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to say my flavor would be disappointment, but um, I guess pep- peppermint, maybe? Peppermint? Why peppermint? I actually enjoy it. We're going to switch it. Peppermint, I actually enjoy, and it's it's wholesome. Okay. You can drink, a, a, like, drink it at any time of the day. And it still will calm you and refresh you. Nice, nice. I think maybe if you could approximate honey crisp apple. Honey crisp apple. Yeah. Why honey crisp apple? Well, producer Nick really likes that idea. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, the problem with like getting the artificial flavor right is a concern, but it. I like the idea of having sweetness, a little bit of acidity. It it makes a little. It makes sense to me. It feels like myself. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I um I think mine, if I really like think very hard about this, would be there's this flavor of appetizer in India. They take a chicken wing, they pull the meat on the chicken wing up to the top so it resembles kind of like a tree or a lollipop. Like and they call it chicken lollipop. And it's not like a flavor that I've had anywhere else. But it's freaking delicious. And I feel like if I had to have a month themed about my life, I would make it that so I just could have it over and over and over again. And it's like fried. Maybe I'll make it for you guys someday. But seriously, I've actually had it before and it's really good. Yeah. Look up chicken lollipop. It's this weird marinade that you have to make and like a little bit of prep, but it is fantastic. Another one that I might actually switch mine to uh, would be adavada sauce. I don't know what that is. So that is basically just hatched chilies boiled down with some water and then you add like a little bit of garlic and oregano did you know you make hot sauce i did not know that but yeah. if we're talking about sauces this might sound super basic but i'm gonna switch now to hollandaise sauce Ooh, mm, haven't that, had that that is an interesting <laughs> sauce to have your like my month anyway, yeah. yeah i think you'd be sick of it very quickly but then yeah you just, then you just have to like endure it yeah and also which is, which is how yeah and it would, it would break so often that's the biggest <laughs> issue like not nah, check you haven't had eggs Benedicts? Uh, I, have, I have. Okay, you've had hollandaise sauce. Oh, hollandaise. Mm. I thought you said Hyundai sauce. And I was like, the car company Hyundai make a sauce? Well, I guess these multinationals in Asia sometimes branch out into weird stuff. So it's just old brake fluid and old like engine oil mixed together. But anyway. With uh, a little bit of new car scent. There you go. All right, uh, you might hear some clacking on the mic this week. I apologize. Uh, both me and Colin have, have some um, throat lozenges, and at least I'm pretty bad at keeping mine stationary in my mouth. That's why I just chewed mine up, and I'm going with like the little bit of throat coat that I get from it. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. But uh, let's move into our first segment of this week. Don't look back in anger. And in this segment, we discuss Minnesota United FC and we look back without anger at the playoff game we played against LA Galaxy on Sunday because we're all peaceful, happy people that have nothing negative to say, right? 
Colin is just breathing heavily. He's closed his eyes. I'm holding my breath so I don't breathe heavily. All right. Speak. Minnesota United lost 2-1 to one to the LA Galaxy. Our second home loss of the season. Yeah. To a team you could easily argue we shouldn't have lost to. Like Taylor Twelman certainly thought so. On the balance of the game, it's certainly questionable if we should have lost. What makes you say that? The chances were considerably better for Minnesota United for about 85 minutes of that game. I think for the first 75 minutes, our XG was better than theirs. It was. Um, It really came down to about five minutes of just really depressing breakdowns by the Loons defense that really have been uncharacteristic all season. And much more characteristic inability to finish shots. On that first goal, you had Jan Gregis doing a little ball watching, as you pointed out earlier. Um, I I, I genuinely, that second goal, though, was... If I'm going to lose to a goal, if if the goal is going to be a winner against my team, I want it to be something like that second goal. So at least I can be like, yeah, Yeah. that was was a good shot. The shot itself was beautiful. Like, that landed right on my post on the north side of the stadium, and you saw it come up. You didn't know where it came from, and it just landed just out of the reach of Minone. It was a very nice shot. It was one that Jonathan Dos Santos probably should have been defended on, but I, I it believe, was a great shot. Speaking of balls landing near you, um, Sasha, did you steal that ball? I heard someone tried to like steal a ball from the stadium. Yeah, like, so one of the balls went high. Was it off Zlatan? No, it was Robin Lude's shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the first half. And uh, the fan who caught it did not return the ball. Yeah, security actually had to, like, there were two security guards that came up in order to convince the person <laughs> that, no, in fact, you are not at a baseball game. Soccer balls are a lot more expensive than baseballs. You cannot keep them. I really just wish that we had a tape of that conversation just so we could hear the guy be like, no, I got this. It's mine now. Like, see, I've sweat on it a little bit. Like, we were joking that they were just taking selfies with the ball before throwing it back. And then all of a sudden, hey, did anyone throw the ball back? I don't <laughs> think anyone threw that ball back. That guy that grabs a little sharpie, draws an iron front on the ball. <laughs> that would be great. Just, just wipes a little ball spot. On. You know, that's what they do in cricket, actually. There's a big scandal uh, with uh, ball tampering, quote-unquote. I forget there was a word for it back in the day. But when I was growing up, like, the players would, like, wipe the ball on their pants to, like, try to, like, get the shine off it a little bit. And then some players were, like, adding spit. They were adding sweat. It, it was a big scandal for a little while in uh, in cricket. Anyway, very funny. There's certainly a ball joke in there somewhere. Somewhere, yes. Lots of balls. Uh, okay, but Jan Gregas scored. Yeah, he finally made that shot he's been trying to make all season. And the key was just to keep it low, and he slots it in. It's beautiful. Like, from outside the box. Yeah, and just outside. And... I mean, like, good for him. Like, yeah. he he holds the record for like the only Minnesota player to score in a playoff, and it's it's bittersweet in an MLS playoff. Yes, MLS playoff. <laughs> Never uh, forget. Yes. Darwin Quintero making that assist, leading people to ask why Mr. Quintero was left on the bench. The official story that he was sick. Your takes, my good sirs. Bullshit. I mean, like, I mean, he might be sick, but then like he shouldn't be in on the bench. You can't have like you can't have it both ways. Yeah. 
Um, in a playoff game, you don't hold someone on the bench because they're sick. You put them in the lineup if you believe that they're going to have any sort of impact on the game, and you have them in there as long as you think they can run. Like, if the idea was you bring in Quintero in the 60th minute so he can get through the final 30 and then potentially 30 more for extra time, that's 60 minutes that he could have been playing. Start him. Yeah. Play him until the 60th minute when he runs out of gas and then say, all right, what does the game need now? And I, I think he, his particular set of skills could have lended themselves well against the Galaxy, who have these bigger, stronger players. Typically, you don't put a little guy up against someone like that. But I feel like he's in such a better orbit of ball control than just about everybody else we've got. Well, it it's not only that. He's also the only pressing member of the forward four. Right. Like... Dude actually has as many tackles per 90 minutes. I looked this up today, and it astounded me. He has as many tackles per 90 minutes as Ike fucking Opara. Because all of his tackles are coming when he's pressing a central midfielder trying to get the ball back. Yeah, And that was something that Minnesota was abysmal with throughout the first half. So let's talk a little bit more about um, the subs that we made in this game. We put Dunlady on, for example. What did you guys think about that? I believe Dunlady got put on for Finley. Yeah. um, I mean, he was at least dynamic. He gave something, was certainly game to attack that back line as they were tiring out. He didn't quite have the skill to pull it off, but he tried. And that was... He had more skill to pull it off than the team had for the prior 75 or so minutes. Right. I think I think we did become a more dynamic team after making those subs because we start, started having some chances. And, and you really thought by the end of that game, maybe we're going to pull one back. And I think um, I was pretty crushed at the end of that game because because of that hope. I feel like if it had just been crushed by that second Galaxy goal and we didn't have any any fight left in us um in some ways it might have been easier in my heart here's here's a question are we mad that the subs didn't happen earlier like should they have happened 15 minutes earlier so the fight could have started a little bit sooner we would have had more of a chance to be playing that level or are we upset that that wasn't the lineup to start the game i think that's a really tough call within the game environment. I think I think you're you're asking for a coach to because I I feel like every time you tinker with the lineup, you're playing with people's feelings. You're playing with the team wondering why is this happening right now. You're playing with the player who's getting sent on, who's wondering why didn't I start. I feel like until those two goals went in, there wasn't. I think the game could have gone either way and we were playing well. So I don't think there was any reason for Heath to be like, this sucks. We need to put somebody new in right now. Uh, so I, I don't think I would have made a call that was very different than he did. Let's just put it that way. Um, now, I think when... So it was actually Kintero went on Finley. And I think that was something that I could see. We've seen Finley come off around you know, that time yeah, before. Yeah, 60 or so minutes, yeah. Right, so so that that's something that that's probably like pre-programmed. Mason Toy for Angelo Rodriguez, again, we've seen something like that before. You put in the fresh young guy when maybe the Galaxy player is a little more tired. 
Um, and, and so I, I don't, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I think I would have started Quintero. Yeah. I might have also put Miguel in instead of Dunlady, but that is just, I feel like some of that is my like bias towards Miguel. Um, but I also feel like he's one of those guys who has some fire. Yeah. I uh, I think Dunlady has fire. It might not be the same that Miguel has. I think the emotion that would have gone into Miguel coming off the bench at 75 minutes right after Jonathan Dos Santos scored, that would have swayed things in a way that I don't know if Adrian Heath would have anticipated. Yeah. Like, that would have transformed the stadium. That would have... I think supercharged things maybe in almost a harmful way just because there would be too much adrenaline, too much energy going Miguel on. Miguel runs. I mean, yeah, he runs. He does. So I, I think now we're, we're at risk of um, overstaying our welcome in the segment. Any last words, Sasha? I'm just confounded as to why we didn't start Toy and Dotson. I know the argument is that they put in time with the U23s, but there are other people who put in time with the national team. We'll talk about Jordan Morris later and... They did just fine for the club. You know, if you have proven goal scorers, put them in the most important game of the season. Toys, that's a stylistic debate. I mean, you know, there are enough reasons to say Angelo Rodriguez matched up well against the size of the Galaxy, maybe a little bit better than Mason did. As far as Dotson goes, that would have been an interesting wrinkle, but I think it would have been one that would have kept the team from being able to attack and get forward. I think the fact that they did go out in a 4-2-3-1, they at least had that extra body devoted to the attack. And I think that probably was the best way that you go at the Galaxy. All right, I'm going to cut the conversation here. There's going to be more discussion of this on a live show that we're planning, currently scheduled tentatively for November the 2nd in the afternoon at Blackheart. So put that on your calendar, pencil it in, and we'll announce it when it is final. Uh, should announce that Aikopara got MLS Defender of the Year. Uh, kind of crazy to go from two record-breakingly bad defenses to having the Defender of the Year on our team. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I wanted Collins helpfully put all the next season contract situations on here i'm going to bump that to next podcast or our live podcast and also discuss who potentially we might want to protect for the expansion draft when we do that as well let's bump it to the live show because i might not actually be here next week there you go uh let's move into a segment that we call the championship but the championship is a game is it a game is it league no producer nick it's the segment where we discuss the americas the americas the top leagues the NWSL and the MLS. So um, let's talk about the NWSL playoffs because we had two cracking games uh, this past weekend and uh, North Carolina Courage going up against Rain FC. This game ended 1-1 in uh, the normal time in the first two halves, but ended 4-1 to the Courage by the end of the second half of extra time. The way this game went, it probably should have ended 4-1 in normal time. Rain FC's Casey Murphy in goal was immense. Like, it, it was amazing to see how many big time saves she made. 11 saves on the day. It kept the courage scoreless despite 27 shots up until the 88th minute. And it was a penalty for Heather O'Reilly. Like, 
This was a performance for the ages from Casey Murphy. And it's a shame that it ended up with her giving up four goals. O'Reilly getting that penalty off a handball by Lauren Barnes, who was going down to prevent a cross, put her hands up. Not what you wanted? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, Late sub, if you don't mean a... Onumanu get got on uh, and in the 93rd minute managed to get an equalizer for Rain, uh, which put the, the the game into extra time. Dabinia then put in a beautiful free kick. If you haven't watched this goal, go check it out. Gorgeously played. You're shot. missing out. You are missing out. Um, then a deflection also off of Lauren Barnes for an own goal. And then right after the uh, second period of extra time kickoff, uh, Crystal Dunn iced the game. Fair result. It was yeah. certainly a fair result. The courage looked dominant, but it was one of those games that because it's a single game elimination playoff, weird things happen. Yeah. It doesn't just happen in MLS, guys. I think everybody, all of us predicted that the courage were going to win, but in this next game, Sasha got it right. I got it wrong. Chicago Red Stars putting a goal past the Thorns, and who else? It's that girl. It's her. It's always her. Sam Kerr. Puts one uh, in for the Red Stars very early on, but not too many people saw it on TV. Yeah, um, everyone that was still watching the North Carolina Courage game, um, they were unable to flip over to ESPN News where they had moved this game because they did not space out the games far enough. Like, they didn't anticipate extra time. They planned kickoff 15 minutes after what should have been the end of the Courage game. So smart. Sam Kerr puts that ball past Adriana French in the eighth minute. We have to definitely shout out Yuki Nagasato's pass for that. It was about a, I think, about a 60-yard pass to get to Kerr. Nice dribble, nice shot. It's the way that Chicago has manufactured goals all season. Thorns totally dominated managed only two shots on target. Whoops. So the final will be next Sunday. It's the Courage versus Red Stars down at WakeMed. Who y'all got? I'm taking Chicago. I mean, they definitely feel like the underdog in this one, but I'm, I like rooting for an underdog. I, I think they've got the better jersey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a glowing endorsement for Chicago there. Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think it's it's going to be the courage they're i think front to back they're the better team i think you could maybe make three arguments for players that you would rather have at least in their club form um from the red stars if you were combining their 11s like the courage are a very good team in so many different spots but is this one of those liverpool versus manchester united style all of the best 11 come from Liverpool type bananas peel moment <laughs> um, <laughs> that Jurgen Klopp hates. Um, but uh, no, we, we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens next uh, next weekend. Paul Riley uh, is not that good in press conferences. He is no Jurgen Klopp. Good, sir. Go watch this game. It's going to be a cracker. Uh, MLS playoff discussion time. We start with oh, really yes. quick. NWSL announced a new expansion team. They're coming to Louisville, Kentucky in 2021 in the brand new Louisville City Stadium. And so excited for that. Yeah, that, that's a super cool market. Uh, MLS 
probably not going to be able to make it to Louisville because they chose Sacramento and uh, that's their loss because uh, NWSL is going to reap the rewards. Uh, if any of the millionaires or billionaires uh, listening to this huge episode, uh, please invest in an NWSL team from Minnesota, please. I, I if That would be awesome if they did. I want, yeah. I want high-level soccer, uh, another high-level soccer team here, just so I can buy season tickets that are not in the supporter section and then I can sit down and like actually watch soccer like i i i want to watch good soccer and like, also i love a team that have that has good jerseys and that team would probably be the one that has them right right like i you know as much as i like looking at the crowd for at least one half and then standing on the end i would love to be up on that second deck watching the game unfold that's what i used to do at, at uh toyota stadium uh no toyota field when i when i used to go to chicago fire games it was wonderful so i would do that and i would love it if we if we got an end up this team so please Make it so, Captain Picard, in the future, listening to this, when the Borg have attacked and you're coming back in time, a hundred years from now, because that's when, is it a hundred years from now that World War Three started in Star Trek? I don't know. Anyway, Zephram Cochran and all that. All right, cool. Shout out. Uh, something, something. I need a cup of Earl Grey tea right now. Exactly. All right, let's talk about Atlanta United versus the Z Revolution, uh, where I was really More hoping- like Zero Revolution. I just frowned, but the listeners couldn't see it, of course. Um, Bruce Arena, my boy, couldn't pull it through. He tried, though. He really did. And uh, it took a goal from um, uh, Escobar, who ran into the box unmarked. Got a pass from uh, Markle. Yeah. And knocked it in. Um, but let's focus on the happy moments in this game, such as Joseph Martinez taking a dive and getting an immediate yellow card. Yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. I mean, you wrote down no contact. There, there was contact. There wasn't enough contact for a penalty. It was off the ball, though. The ball was away, and then the goalkeeper was coming down, and his leg, like, grazed Joseph Martinez, who went down like a landmine and just exploded near his leg, uh, near his foot. And, and, and also that he was, like, a salmon. A what? Like a salmon jumping, because <laughs> like the bend, the bend yeah. on that dive was like it was pretty good. Yeah, like that was going to very, very clearly make a giant splash if that was into a pool. Speaking of bends and splashes, in unhappy news, Michael Parkhurst managed to dislocate his shoulder. I believe really hurt it pretty damn bad, and he was on the ground for a good while, being attended to by the medical staff. And the stretcher didn't come on for some reason. And he got back on his feet to be walked off the pitch. At which point, the trainer, who has been for the last five minutes trying to pop his shoulder back in. Like, he was actually, like, handling the shoulder. He knows how bad it is. Tries The trainer tries to put his head underneath Michael Parkhurst's arm to lift, to give him support using his injured shoulder. Uh, yeah. Taken immediately to the hospital, believe he had surgery, but um, don't quote me on that one. I mean, I've never had a separated shoulder, but... Yeah. You can't you Mr. Miyagi that yeah, back into yeah, place no, and you keep on playing. Yeah, you, no. you should not have an injury where it takes five minutes just to put something correctly into place. Speaking of things being cor- put correctly into their places, Pity Martinez not in the in the starting lineup for this game and uh, an unused sub. Drama. Yes, please, more. Thank you. Uh, speaking of drama, Seattle 4, Dallas 
three. This game ended three three after the first, the second half, and um, Seattle getting the goal in extra time. That game I thought was going to be decided decided and over in like the first twenty five minutes because Rui Diaz came out early and gets an assist from Christian Roldan and scores in the eighteenth. Uh, Jordan Morris doubles their lead in the twenty second, and at this point, like. I had things to do and I left the game and I uh, I misspoke saying Dallas was a bad team and I had to eat my words. Yeah, that was smart. <laughs> yeah, I remember coming back to your to your message about how Dallas are just bad uh, <laughs> when the score was 3-3. And I was like, whoa, buddy. I was like, dude, don't, don't say something like that. Reggie Cannon got the lifeline right before halftime. And then this game really was an iron skillet special. Like... Shout out to the old Dark Clouds for that one. Because uh, Matt Hedges scored off of a corner in the second half. Then Jordan Morris got the, his second, uh, the third for Seattle, also on a corner. Then Brian Acosta got the third for Dallas on another corner. That is right. There were three straight goals on corner kicks. Uh, then Acosta gets a breakaway and it's like two on one and instead of teeing it up instead of giving an assist he goes for the shot and misses it and that shot ended up higher in the stands than robin lude shot you know you know how somehow sometimes after games you're like man you know there was a tough tough hard-fought game and you know you can't really identify any one moment where things went wrong and no this game yeah you can just play that one moment like if i was this acosta Everywhere I went, people would turn the TV on and play that like two second clip of me not passing the ball and skying it. Like everywhere I go for the next 10 years in Dallas, I'd, you know, he walks into the yeah. Taco Bell, suddenly the menu changes and it's that shot being played. I mean, he was very somber in his post match interview. Like he's very aware. And he talked about how he, like they even kind of tried to give him out where he's like, they asked him, Did you feel like this pressure, like you needed to pull the team out? But like, you can do it in, by more than just being the scorer. You can like assist and like you know still take credit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would only argue against what you said, Notch. How many actual soccer fans are there in Dallas? Like, right, just look is, at how many people yep, show up yep, to yep, games. Yep. Anyway, so uh, Seattle getting that win off of Jordan Morris, winner. Uh, good stuff for them. Any any last words? Or can we move on to Stephen Fry? No saves in normal time, five saves in extra time. Almost the inverse of the NWS from from the rain, like rain's yeah. keeper. Also the inverse of uh, DC United's uh, keeper because Toronto played DC. This game ended 1-1 after 90 minutes. Uh, Toronto then managed to get four goals within the span of 10 minutes to make it 5-1. Goodbye, Mr. Rooney. We don't want you back. Wow. I mean that not that was Toronto, not me saying. Yeah, that. I, I was just gonna say, dude, like, are are you Rebecca Vardy or something? Oh, have we talked about Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy at this point? I don't believe we have so, because I was gone for that that week. So a little bit of uh, drama from across the across the pond. Yeah, uh, um, Colleen Rooney posting a message on her Instagram or Twitter, one of the two. Basically saying that someone had been leaking information about her life from her private Instagram to the tabloids. She had a suspicion, so she isolated all the accounts except one who could still see her content. And that account was dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy. And she posted this without talking to Vardy, who then went online and wrote a reply, which 
my favorite version of this is to Eminem's Stan. Uh, and it is fantastic. Yes. I don't know the British comedian who did this, but you got to go I've find it. I've seen that too. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was basically saying like, that wasn't me. I believe I was hacked. Someone has my things. I wish you had come and talk to me before putting this into public. Anyway, very dumb stuff. Uh, and uh, Very awesome dumb stuff. Sure. Quick take on the legacy of the Runester in MLS. Um, at least semi-resurrected DC United. They looked dead in the water for quite a few years. Between him and the new stadium opening, that is enough to bring back one of the most storied franchises in the league. Uh, I think if you put him in a category with other stars who came over from Europe, you'll either crash and burn with a team such as Nani and Kaká, or you'll bring them up, like uh, like Colin said, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he will. He'll be like he's not he's not Beckham, but he is in that TR Thierry Henry level where he he brought a team up into yeah. playoffs. I think I think year one Rooney was Beckham for me. I think year two Rooney was Steven Gerrard. Because I think I don't know if it was that far of a drop off. <laughs> that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm that's, being a little. That's hard. a waste. I, I I was very very disappointed with the way the whole der- derby thing went down though, and it's clear as heart's not been in it since then. Um, also, Lucho Acosta having all of his problems this year for who knows what reasons. Maybe PSG. I don't know. Yeah. Um, has not helped either. So uh, DC United though falling in the first game of the playoffs for the second straight year. Um, this year, a Nick DeLeon goal scored as well, except in this game, it was a final goal scored for Toronto, not for DC. The former United striker putting one uh, past his former team, just twisting the knife a little bit. Close, right back. Right back? What did I say? Striker. Oh, sorry. I yeah. I was trying to say like he struck one to twist the knife. Anyway. Oh, uh, okay. We didn't mention the best part of this game at the end where DC went completely tits up as a nipple hat or... Paul Ariola gets a red red card, uh, accumulated red card. And at that point, like his season was over anyway, so it didn't really matter. Matter, But 118th minute, five ones a score. You get a red card. Like, if you're going to do that, just go studs up into the ref rather than (laughs) like, (laughs) rather than just like a bad tackle, like really go out in a blaze of glory. Inject yourself with PEDs like in the middle of the pitch. Like, I I would do something a little more fun, which which is like, you know, take your shirt off and go and get a selfie with a fan, which I think is the dumbest red card ever, but it's happened. I will never take an excuse. I will never forget. Yeah, I was going to say, I will never not take the excuse to mention Eric Hasley, who wore two identical shirts, one on top of the other, scored a goal uh, on a yellow card, took his shirt off to reveal the second identical t- shirt, thought he'd stuck it to FIFA and Sepp Blatter and all their rules. Oops, nope, yellow card, bye. Uh, uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos. Uh, we should mention Alejandro Pozuelo also featured in some of my favorite videos of this year. He has now played 75 straight games since his last offseason. Give this man a break. He's amazing. That's like Vito Manone levels. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So um, you can go look up the game uh, details on Google if you want to know who scored. And that one, RSL playing Portland. RSL getting the 2-1 win. This game, I think, for me, proving that Nick Romano does not need to retire. But uh, I guess he wants to spend more time with his snoods. I mean, that snood should not retire either. That no. snood was doing work Aren't in that snoods- game. Illegal by the game's rules. I thought they were, they like were but I guess not. Yeah, who knows? It was team colors. It's fine. I mean, the weather was like, it was like 
horizontal <laughs> rain, sleet, sometimes snow. It couldn't decide what the hell it wanted to be. So it was they didn't miserable. do an orange ball though. I was so yeah, disappointed. Yeah. I was also thinking about that. I loved the orange ball, and we did not get to see it. So that's the real loss here. I I think Sorry. you know after Zlatan hit me that one time, I had an orange ball. Anyway. That's not the color that bruises make, not. <laughs> I think that was something different than Zlatan. <laughs> uh, Romano was pretty immense. As I mentioned, Corey Baird almost made a shot from the edge of the third uh, early on in this game, but then um, in the 27th minute managed to put the goal a header past Portland Steve Clark. And Darwin Espria managed to equalize it in the 46th minute off another header. This time off a Sebastian Blanco pass. Hashtag Mr. October. Um, but then Joel Plata just tees up a perfect ball. Albert Rusnak with the no-touch assist. That was the greatest dummy I have ever seen. Let's the ball get to Jefferson Saverino who knocks it straight in the net. 87th minute winner. Just beautiful. This week had, as Sasha noticed earlier, two games with seven goals. Here's the second one. Philadelphia Union 4, New York Red Bulls 3. Game ended 3-3 after 90 minutes. Unlike the other game that had seven goals, the team that went up two at the start did not end up winning. Uh, Andre Blake brutally... uh, Brutally poor. Yeah, in the first half. Let in two goals after whiffing badly, plus... Another less bad one? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Andre Blake's fall off has been one of the most epic we've seen. I was talking with um, fellow contributor uh, Shane and Caleb, um, trying to figure out who would get the Wooden Gloves Award (laughs) for the goalkeeper who regressed the most in the season. My vote was Andre Blake even though Evan Bush has been even more terrible, but Andre Blake's falloff has been ridiculous. And yet Philadelphia aren't terrible. How mm. does that happen? Yeah, that's... um, Because I think the last time he was really good was that Gold Cup where he played out of his mind for Jamaica, yeah. got injured at the end of it, and then came back, and he's never quite been the same since. Yeah, but I mean, he was at least like average to good last year right 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 i i that this for me that was his high water mark let me put it that way Fair enough. um you had uh, a bunch of other stuff happened uh mostly capped off in my mind by marco fabian going and taking a selfie in a celebration on the winner for philadelphia no 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 the selfie was after he had scored the winner it was on the one that got called off oh. that fafa pico scored but it was ruled offside and yet Fabian was too busy taking a selfie. He wasn't on the field yet when play restarted. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Well, what do you guys have for predictions for the next round? We got NYC FC versus Toronto FC. Um, the citizens are going to put the city in city field. Okay. Uh I'm going to go with New York as well on this one. Yeah, same. Uh, home team, strong. And Minnesota United no longer needs Toronto to win. So, there we go. Atlanta versus Philadelphia. I'm picking the Union because they're not Atlanta. Oh, yeah. I definitely want Philadelphia to, to do it. And I think they can. Um, they just, I mean, I think they're going give, to give up some goals to Atlanta. But they'll also just score more like they did in the New York game. Yeah. If it wasn't for the emotional side of it, I would 
say that this might be the best soccer game of the four. Um, I still think it's going to be Atlanta, though. Seattle versus RSL. This is the scary one. Like, um, more than Portland, even though they knocked uh, Seattle out last season in the playoffs, like, RSL knows how to mess with Seattle psychologically. Um, So I think hopefully the advantage is to Seattle, but they've lost to RSL at home this season. Uh, I think, in fact, they their record this season is a loss and a draw. So, like, I'm hoping at a Seattle, but I wouldn't count RSL out. Seattle's got the talent to pull it off. I don't think that means they do. I'm going to pick RSL on this one. El Trafico hosted by LAFC. I am going to go with LAFC because they are a very good team and they've rested for a few weeks now. So, um, I... I'm going to shock the world and say the Galaxy. They're very much in LAFC's heads, and I think that's enough. LAFC has never beaten LA Galaxy per producer Nick. Hey, neither has Minnesota United. I want... I, I'm i I'm scary afraid that LA Galaxy is going to do their, you know, playoff buff and get to the final. That would be horrible for me. That is the nightmare. So I'm going to go LAFC. I think this is the opportunity to finally prove it. You know, like the, the anime rivalry all season, they haven't won. Well, guess what? They finally do right now when it, when they need to. All right, some quick hits because we got to end the first half of our show. Sacramento Republic met, announced as a 2022 expansion team. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to throw some disrespect. This was a team that was founded precisely to be an MLS. They were never meant to be a lower league's team. To me, that is pretty lame. Uh, you have Carlos Heel as newcomer of the year in MLS. Andre Shinishiki, rookie of the year, as everybody on this podcast except me had uh, already decided he'd, he would be. Good for him. Jordan Morris, comeback of the year. As we have seen, he's pretty good. Uh, Matt Lampson, humanitarian of the year, second year in a row. Share it, man. I thought you're a humanitarian. <laughs> uh, some notable option declines. Vancouver is not picking up the option to buy Joaquin Ardiaz or Las Bangura. I'm pretty sure we made those names up. Scott Sutter has also been declined. And in Columbus, Pippa Higuain won't have his contract renewed. Shock of shocks. Uh, David Guzman and Ricardo Clark are both gone while contract negotiations are ongoing with the best player, Harrison Afu. I think we do need to stop a second and be sad that this is the end of Pippa Higuain's MLS career. The dude was a fantastic number 10, was one of the more exciting to watch playmakers in the league over the last decade. Especially for a guy who, when he signed, everyone's like, oh, the brother, what? Yeah, like, turns out he's really good. Yeah, he, he was uh, shot in the arm. All right, let's take a break here. We shall return with a bunch of other stuff. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. It's now time to turn to the rest of the world, but uh, before we do, let's go into a segment that we call Top Lo-Fi Hits. Let's turn on YouTube, put on those sound-canceling headphones and study the latest from the U.S. lower leagues where the USL Championship is done. But the championship is a game. No, producer Nick, we've been through this many times since we had that one sketch. It's the second division of the United States. 
But they're about to play a championship, though. But the championship is a game. It, it's going to be. This is it like, will be. What's that pain thing with all the staircases that lead into each other? Uh, it's something. Yeah, it's MC Escher. Yeah. MC Escher. This is like an MC Escher talking about the championship because Nick will just keep playing the cue every single time. Uh, let's talk it's about- not a cue. He says that every single time. Live. I wish we had it recorded so it's we really w- wouldn't have to hear me say it every time, but... Uh, shout out to the top three in each conference. You had the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Nashville SC, and Indy 11 making up the top in the East. Uh, right below, I, I can't resist shouting out Louisville City and Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, in the West, you had Phoenix Rising up top. Uh, you had Reno 1868 FC. Fresno FC rounding out the top three. Kind of weird news about Fresno FC recently that they might not exist next year, broken by uh noted guy in the sketch, Jeff Reuter. Um Phoenix Rising were absolutely electric throughout this season. I would very much expect that they show up in the finals against Pittsburgh, which is going to be a very good game, given the fact that Pittsburgh has a fantastic defense led by Joe Greenspan, good friend of Loons fans. It uh, should be noted that Hartford Athletic finished the year with more wins and points than another team in their conference, Swope Park Rangers. Not something we could have seen coming in the first few weeks of the USL season where Hartford Athletic was synonymous with losing McLusey team. So uh, let's uh, also take a quick look at Zibracket where we have uh, Sacramento FC who are about to be promoted to MLS in the play-in round. Couldn't even make it into the playoffs proper. Uh, they're playing against New Mexico United. Come on, you Meow Wolves. Exactly. There you go. A uh, bunch of other good stuff. Can you guys highlight any games that you are excited about in this uh, list over here? Uh, Charleston Battery, Ottawa Fury. I both like those teams. Yeah, I was going to say Louisville versus uh, the Rowdies for previously mentioned reasons. Sentimental Sentimentality with the Rowdies because they were in our league. And Louisville have a very exciting fan base. Both teams are towards the top of their conference. Should be a very exciting game to watch. Uh, That's on 7 p.m. Eastern on um, either the 26th or 27th. It doesn't actually give me the date on this sheet that I'm looking at. But anyway, uh, and Colin, something you're excited about? Um, Again, I'm excited for the actual championship that I'm fairly certain is going to be Phoenix against... But the championship is a game. Yes, the actual game itself. Phoenix against Pittsburgh, I think you can put that into your bracket challenge. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, something that failed to fire was the Lansing Ignite, which uh, folded operations at the end of the League League One season. I guess you can't start a fire without a spark. Nope. Uh, There was no sparks. Uh, This team averaged about 2.7K of attendance each year, but uh, not enough for their minor league baseball team owner who wanted much more and uh, apparently critically underestimated what a soccer team is supposed to do in the lower leagues. Tragic all around for their fans. Um, I hope someone's able to find them and restart, but uh, haven't seen anything happen yet on that front. North Texas SC beat the Greenville Triumph 1-0 to win the USL League One title after easily winning the Shield, my notes say. All right, let's um, 
Let's not talk about the fallout from the Canada game. Let's just skip That's fine. national teams. Let's also mention real quick that there was an article on American Soccer Now, I believe, or was it on Pro Soccer USA? One of the two, uh, claiming that Hugo Perez, who recently went over to the Mexican Federation uh, after years of recruiting youth national team players for the U.S. very successfully, I might add, uh, Hugo Perez uh, claimed there was an article about him which claimed that one of the reasons the Federation was mad at him and which contributed to his firing was that he spoke to Spanish players in Spanish. Perez says that this was not done in a team order setting. It was done individually with players. He was warned and then he was um, action was taken later. And it's just... Uh, there's a lot of problems with this Federation that seem to just be popping up one by one. And this is just the latest of them. Absolutely atrocious. All right. Uh, let's now move into a segment that we call They Call It Football. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. Might have come up with the word, but the English don't call it soccer. And in this segment, we talk about football from the United Kingdom. Uh, two bits of serious news before we get on to the Premier League. Uh, there was some, quote, racist-ass bullshit, as my notes call it, in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round, where ha- Harringney Borough played Yeovil Town. Both made-up names, names. Yep, totally. <laughs> 100%. And the match was abandoned after multiple instances of racial abuse and fan violence. It was the Harringey uh, pl- coach who pulled his players with the full support of the Yeovil Town staff and players. Um, after the incidents, two men were arrested because in England they have laws against this sort of thing. Uh, Luton Town 3, Bristol City nil. Bristol City are investigating reports of racial abuse from the away stand with the, with the owner vowing to ban those involved from home and away matches. Uh, much like the world as a whole, incidents of racism popping up at an increasing degree in soccer um, needs a strong response from fans, federations, and teams alike. Yeah. Um, the player and team responses to both of these are what need to happen but it doesn't excuse the terrible behavior of the fans exactly um let's talk about uh the premier league what i'm going to do though is ask you guys to highlight games in here that you uh most especially want to talk about a call and i'm not going to give you a choice sheffield united one arsenal zero why why are you making me talk about this why are you doing this producer nick walked in looked at the notes and was like arsenal lost what yeah uh, Nicolas Pepe looks like as good of an investment as Robin Lude right now. Would he, would he be as good as Pepe the Frog, basically, um, in terms of a pickup for I, I'm I'm sure that his goals are as rare. There you go. Um, yeah, that that was a very shocking result. Uh, you had Liverpool playing to Man U, a one-one draw. Liverpool looking the weakest that they have in a while, apparently. It was kind of surprising to see them just not be able to get their attack flowing. Mo Salah was missing. That was a good chunk of it. But they just looked dull, which is strange given the fact that this is one of the biggest fixtures of the year for them. I'm going to just cough this up to like the rivalry effect where it doesn't matter where the teams are in, you know, in the standings. It's at Old Trafford and Man U decides like, hey, we can play like a top league team because we are a top league team and they take it to Liverpool. Uh, you also had... Um Tottenham playing a 1-1 draw to Watford, who are at the bottom of the league somehow and still managed to get a draw against Spurs, who up until today were misfiring badly. I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. 
Chelsea played Newcastle. Pulisic got the assist, so good for him. A he got the MLS assist. Let's let's be fair about this. It was a secondary assist. True. true. It's only an assist in soccer in MLS. I'm sorry. My ever since I became an American citizen, I just consider hockey assist as assist. Right. So you know, it's it's just contractually obligated on my naturalization. Like you know, I took the oath. It's like I will swear to defend the United States if needed. I will swear blah blah blah. blah and hockey assists are now assists. Um, Which is weird, given that hockey is such a Canadian thing. Yeah, right. I thought that's what. I know. Oh, it's, yeah. I don't get it. Am either. I Canadian? Actually, that was. I don't actually I look mean, at the country up there. You do live in Minnesota. It's basically Canada. There you go. Canada minus the free healthcare. Uh, City defeated crying two nil, and uh, Leicester defeated Burnley two one. Should mention this week VAR. Uh, VAR, a lot of VAR in VAR. Uh, that's all I'm going to say on that topic. Let's now move into a segment that we call they don't call it soccer. In brackets, some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. First up, Bundesliga news, where the world seems to be upside down because um, Augsburg managed to tie Bayern Munich 2-2, holding Bayern in third place, below Wolfsburg in second, and Borussia Mönchengladbach tips top spot in the table. We also need to mention the fact that Minneapolis City apparently play in a Bundesliga stadium. Augsburg, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, like, who knew? Um, Kind of, we need to talk about the video that we watched for this game too, though. The loving, loving images of Augsburg head coach Alfred Finnbogson just zooming in on him at every possible second to see his agonized faces for every single event. It was so great. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So, so the, the Augsburg head coach's name is um, Martin Schmidt. Alfred Finbogason is the guy who scored their 94th minute winner, who I mistakenly put into the coach's slot in our notes because he had a his name has one of those weird Icelandic letters. Oh yeah, that's so. where I recognized him from. Yeah. I was like, did he retire or something? I I don't know, but his name is spelled very interestingly. I don't I don't know. Yeah. If, I have a funny name in this country, and I don't know if I could survive with that funny name and having like some weird Icelandic letter thrown in there. Like just having to do the extra squiggle, that would be the yeah the deal breaker for me. Augsburg also got the earliest game uh, or or the earliest goal of the Bundesliga season so far with the first minute goal. As well, so they scored in the first and ninety-first minutes of this game. Leipzig tied Wolfsburg one-one. Leipzig remain in fifth place. Wolfsburg are in second. Werder Bremen tied Hertha one-one. Josh Sargent got a goal in there, and Dortmund beat Magladbach one-nil. But despite that, they are still in fourth place. They had two goals called off in this game. Marco Royce scored off a Thorgan Hazard assist. Should also mention that their primary goalkeeper, Roman Berkey, landed awkwardly on his ankle and came off the 71st minute. So the Bundesliga table ends in really tight spot with only five points separating the number one and two uh, positions from the 11th. Uh, and not really. I mean, I'm excited for the Bundesliga this year, but the way the table currently stands is not how you expect it to finish at the end of the season. Bayern will pull it through in the end and win. That's all they always do. Hey, speaking of teams that are expected to win and top the table in La Liga, El Clasico between Madrid and Barcelona. Did I say that right? Sure. 
Okay, thank you. It was uh, rescheduled because of the violence in Catalonia um, following a judgment on the independence movement leaders there. Uh, the, there was a comedy of errors, which I won't go into in detail. Suffice it to say, the Federation and the League, who in Spain absolutely hate each other, are fighting about what date to stage this game in. Game on. Uh, Barca and Real have already agreed between themselves to host it on December 18th. But uh, this is basically just a power play by the Federation and League who just want it to be their decision and don't. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's uh, move on to talking about some results. Abar got beat by Barcelona 3-0. Mallorca beat Real Madrid 1-0. And because of that, the the table uh, looks a little, little funny in La Liga at the moment. You have um, in the top spot, uh, Barcelona in the second spot, Real Madrid. But then you have Granada, Real Sociedad, Atletico Madrid, and Sevilla making up the top six. Hey, one of those things is not like the other. No, 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 no. Uh, one of them is a weapon of war. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, so this is some Champions League stuff that was going on, but uh, nothing crazy happened. So let's talk about it later. Um, and, uh, yeah, any, anything else you want to mention about Champions League? Nah. All right. Nah. Let's go into our special segment called Confessions, where Colin confesses all he knows, and you should forget. Watch this. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. These are my confessions. So, we slightly mentioned this when we were talking about Minnesota United. But Miguel Ibarra did not play in what was likely his last opportunity to play in Allianz Field as a member of the Loons. It was a crushing moment for everyone involved. We think, we think that it's just because Adrian Heath doesn't rate the player and all that. However, I did actually speak with Adrian Heath to figure out the backstory on this. And the result, I actually, this shocked me as well. I sided with Adrian Heath as to why he said he did not want to play Miguel Ibarra in this game. Do you want to know what it was? What was it? It was because during his pregame nap, Adrian Heath woke up with the worst nightmare that he was being attacked by Miguel Ibarra with the weird red eyes in the photo that he posted on Instagram and Twitter right before the match. Did you guys see this thing? Yeah, that was like semi-Joker-like, but actually more demon-like. Yeah, like it, it seemingly was supposed to be like red loon eyes or something, but instead it made him look somewhere between really, really baked and really, really set to murder somebody. <laughs> and I, I understand why Adrian Heath had nightmares about this thing. It was fucking creepy, man. Like, that would just put me off of, like, even having Miguel in, in the same state as me. I would probably run off and have someone else coach the team that night. But credit to Adrian Heath. His decision was at least man his post like he's supposed to, keep Miguel as far away as possible, have him warming up with the subs rather than sitting on the bench close to him 
where his murder eyes could like pierce through his soul or something. Like, I get it. That's that's all I'm trying to say. I understand. Okay. All right. You have now been blocked by multiple people who Miguel Ibarra tweets. So uh, there you go. Uh, let's. You mean uh, everybody? Yeah. Uh, with that, it's time for us to tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. You can find me at pickup line. Pickup line as an L I O and not at pickup line. They might find some, you know, <laughs> dumb pickup artist. Maybe that's my old. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at LockstockSpot. You can find Caleb at KOlson716. You can find me uh, sometimes tweeting, sometimes me tweeting, sometimes Caleb tweeting. At two United fans. You can find United tweets fans. at two United fans. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, where I won't pause awkwardly. And you can find uh, our producer, Nick Rodriguez, and his views on soccer and politics at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. Tell your friends to listen to We Call It Soccer. They can subscribe to our podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week.